3: State of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and tonight I'm joined by Laura Bradwan, who has become my companion for the post-match. Tonight, it's not going to be a great one, Laura, because we've dropped a couple of points in Paisley. It's Saint Mirren nil, Celtic nil. Uh, we spoke at half-time, and we said at that stage we're not too concerned. We can break the Saint Mirren side down. We've been told to trust the process. The process was all about, you know, continuing to try and break them down, put them under pressure. It must have been difficult for 96 minutes for the St Mirren team to be put under so much pressure. A chance came in the 67th minute, another one in the 68th minute. I counted another chance on 83, 85 and 88, but the goal was not to come. What's your thoughts about that match overall? The
4: the positives I would take from it uh, initially are just um, how... How composed we were on the ball. We really were probing them. We had so much possession. We kept them really pinned back for the majority of the second half. And I I genuinely believe that, you know, if you have a lineup that includes Jota, Kyogo, and Forrest, then I think we would have found a way through that tonight. Um, I think the the front line that we had of Johnston, Abada, and Moffat, and then laterally Juranovic just wasn't enough to to break the deadlock. all in all though we just looked like a team who'd played a cup final on Sunday and who've had an insane amount of games recently. I, I'm i disappointed in the result but I'm not totally disheartened because I expected a result of this kind given the fixture pile up. One of those ones where we just couldn't break them down and couldn't pull it off. Um, Much better, obviously, to come away with a point than none, but just frustrating when it's a game in hand that you could have closed the gap to four points eh, with Rangers at the top and haven't managed to do it.
3: It's a huge point for St Mirren, two huge points dropped by Celtic, and that's the feeling I'm getting sitting here, six points behind you. Go out there in January and beat Rangers and you're only pulling that deficit back if both teams win every game in between times to three points. So, yeah, huge disappointment tonight. I'm going to bring in plenty of these comments that are coming through. I can see it being a busy show tonight, uh, Laura, because it is disappointing when you fail to break the team down. I mean, you know it. You're going into this game, they're giving a 17-year-old a debut, uh, they're playing a 16-year-old and they're playing a 19-year-old St Mirren. To be fair, I think Jay Henderson, the 19-year-old, was probably their best player. Uh, but Celtic were depleted as well, like you say. And you know, when you get up to that final third and you're looking across that line, really the only player that can break down a packed defence like that, that we had on the park, was Tommy Rogic. Um, you're missing Kyogo you're missing um, you know Jota Jamesy Forrest David Tumble that that amount of players being missing in the advanced area of the park is going to tell and it did tell tonight I mean there was plenty of balls in the middle as I say I've counted five really good chances in the second half Uh, but I'm going to point it out and it's not just to you know for the sake of criticising individual players I think Abaddon needs to be more clinical in the box. He's had a few Absolutely. chances tonight, Laura. And, you know, we've spoken, mainly Jim has spoken about the fact that he'd be more effective through the middle. He's had a few chances, he's scored a few goals, but tonight he's got to take one of the chances.
4: The the one that sticks out in my mind from when you said that was the, the one that Callum McGregor managed to flash the ball across um, and I think the commentator said, oh, "If he'd put that on the deck, then it would have got. It would have been a certain goal. I'm not sure it would have been because I think it should have been a goal regardless. And I just think a bad." A For me, that was always my concern about him playing through the middle was I thought he could make the runs. And I think the advantage of him is he gets himself in the positions. I'm just not sure about that killer instinct in front of goal. If Kyogo gets even half the chances Abada had tonight, then, then they're all goals. And I think that's the difference between the two of them. But you now start to come to a point with Abada where you think, right, well, he's not totally effective out in the right. He's not totally effective through the middle. What is his best position? I'm not entirely sure right now. I'm I'm still got faith that he'll come good. I think the start that he had for us was absolutely unbelievable. I hope he can find that form again. But like you say, tonight, you know, we're relying on the, the front three to to get his goals and with the chances he was presented, you can't pass those up.
3: You know, we're taking everything into account, Laura. The fact that St Mirren tried to get this game postponed due to the, the lack of first-team players, the amount of players affected by COVID. They've put out a few teenagers. As I said before, one of them, for me, was the best player in the park for St Mirren. Celtic also are without a great number of players in that game there. But looking at the line-up, we should still have enough to win the game. And that's a disappointing thing. But the biggest frustration for me a badder is looking pretty ineffective tonight. But we can do nothing about it because you look at the bench; there are no options. We've got a five million pound striker who doesn't play, and when he does play, he doesn't score goals. We've got a two and a half million player in Yakamakis who we've not really seen yet, and we've got an absolute magician in Kyogo. But because of the situation, he's played so much games; he needs a rest. I mean, that's what Postecoglou said in his pre-match. Kyogo can't play every game, um, so Abada needs to come up to the four. We said that a few weeks ago with felt Just you know, shows what you can do. Tonight was a night for Abada and it didn't quite happen I want to get as many people involved as possible Paddy Burns just comes in just not good enough Um, Mr Parkins reckons that the league is over already, it's only December Laura Um, and we also have David Kelly a regular poster coming in on YouTube we were always going to falter with so many forwards missing absolutely too many players not taking their chances we've spoken about Abada I think that's the league probably gone now but the January window is so crucial well I'm not prepared to to say the league's gone just yet, it's so well, disappointing.
4: I, I was go- I was going to say as well. I, I think I think a six point gap against this Rangers team is is far from the league gone. I think they've got a lot more drop points in them this season. I think I think they outperformed themselves last season on top of us collapsing the way we did. I think we have proved how consistently good we can be over the last month, uh, six weeks in particular. And I just think six points is not an awful lot considering we've got to play them at least twice more this season. So no, I I am in agreement with you. I don't think the league's over far from it. And and like David Kelly said, you know, January is going to be crucial, but hopefully all it means is that we're going to strengthen our chance of, of winning the league even more. And I think if you're I think if you're giving up the league in December at only six points behind, then I, I just don't agree, I'm afraid.
3: Well, it's it is disappointing, and I've said this a few times recently, Laura, because you um, covered the Motherwell game for for me. I wasn't available to cover it, and so I've watched. That's the first time in a long time I've watched a Celtic game retrospectively, and you take the emotion out of it, and it's a different watch entirely. Um, as frustrating as frustrating as it is, I think you've got to look at the fact that yeah, we completely dominated that game. Scott Bain had one safety make, as far as I remember, but. Cubartine on uh, 67 says, just like at home to Livy 85% possession and no goals. That is a concern, but all I can say is it's down to that four or five attacking players that we've mentioned, Laura, not being available selection. You put that in the team, and that's a completely different side. It's a completely different animal that Celtic have with Kugo through the middle, with Jota on the left, Forrest, who, by the way, hasn't been firing on all cylinders, all season duty injuries, uh, with Turnbull being able to, to craft something out of nothing. You take all those players out of the team and you're going to suffer. But what we need is we need replacements. So you need to have the depth of the squad. And that's the frustration. We simply don't have it. Uh, now Cardiff Carroll comes in to say the reinforcements are required in January. But I keep saying this. We're expecting the three players to come in from Japan. Or a, but I'm expecting three or four players to leave. So we're going to be no better off, really, when it comes to depth of squad, unless we bring in five or six. How likely is that in January?
4: I'm not sure. Looking at the players that we're thinking are going to leave, I mean, you're talking about Bolingoli, Sorrow, Ayeti, just to name three who who will be out the door. Now, the two ways of looking at that are, one is obviously you're going to be down on numbers. The other way of looking at it is we don't use them very much as it is. So how... how you know, anybody to replace them is going to be an extra body almost on top of whether they stay or whether they go. The, the, the Japanese players potentially coming that have been rumoured, I mean, that would be fantastic if we could get those in. But you're banking on them coming in and settling and having an impact as immediately as Kyogo did. And that can't be taken for granted. You know, they're moving to the other side of the world. They've, they've, Played an entire season again the same the same ways as Kyogo did, you know. There's potential that you know they're they're not going to settle straight away. And what I don't want to happen is for them to come in and be judged uh, in comparison to Kyogo when they might not be the same players, they might not be the same people, uh, and they might just take a little bit extra time adjusting. So while we've got all this rel- reliance on them, I think like you say, we do need to be looking elsewhere. Um, with the current changing situation, as far as COVID is concerned, I think we certainly need to be looking at players who are British-based, um, players who are definitely not going to have to do any kind of quarantine or um, anything like that. Players who are used to playing either in Scotland or in the British game, just because you know, I, I think you struggle to get the best quality signings in January as it is. So I would be looking for players who are enough to bolster the squad, but saving your real quality signings for the summer. It might be a naive way to look at it, but I think that's the that's the tact I would be taking on it.
3: You know, the big thing for me is, like you say, there. You know, Hugo is potentially um, an anomaly because he's come in from Japanese football, hit the ground running. Save for his debut at Tynecastle, you you really couldn't expect him to do much more that night. But you really can't expect new players to come in under the same circumstances and to thrive as well as Kugo has done. I'm pretty sure there will be some domestic-based players, Laura, like you suggest there. Um, we really are lacking options, not just up top, but in various positions around the, around the park. Um, now, Stephen Sloan comes in on the YouTube to I'm like a broken record every week. We are so wasteful and our set pieces are dreadful. And it's a good point because we win so many corners in games like this. You know, and in the games against Livingston where we failed to, to win in two games against Livingston. And it's frustrating. And I've continually said the minute of crosses, Jota gets in the box. We need somebody with some form of aerial prowess to get on the back, the, the, the end of them. I, I got to the point tonight, Laura, when we got a corner, I was thinking, why even put it in the box? Play it short, get the ball back in the park. Because, you know, we, we're like a toothless tiger when it comes to set pieces up, up top.
4: Yeah, it's it's a strange thing because we've got we've got players that on paper are supposed to be good set piece takers like Turnbull, like Juranovic, like uh, Beaton, and Juranovic came close with that free kick during the match. But saying that they are good set piece takers and then comparing, I'd love to hear Alan's stats on you know what our conversion rate is from set pieces this season. I, well, I say I would love to hear it. I would actually dread to hear it. But it's like you say, you look back at you know Celtic teams of the past, set pieces were always relied on very heavily to get us goals. I remember Martin and O'Neill's team. They used to send, I mean, the size of the players that we had in that team, we, we couldn't fail to score goals. And I'm not saying that we need to, to necessarily play in that same manner, but it's a massive chunk of your chances that are going to come through set pieces. And if you can't prove to be a threat from that, and if other opposition teams caught on to that fact, then really the the whole dynamic of the game changes for your opposition because they don't mind putting out for a corner if they know that you're not going to um you're not going to f- have anything fruitful off the back of it. The only the only corner I can remember is having anything off the back of was the was Ralston's goal against Ross County the other week. Um, the only free kick I can remember is doing anything particularly Outstanding from was the Tom Rogic goal. Was that against Motherwell? I think um, where it was mm. rolled into the box and then he scored. So
3: yeah, yeah.
4: It's but the fact that you can even pick those out and uh, as the it, like exemptions to the rule just shows how poor we are. Um, and I think it's something that is being worked on. I think that's clear from what we're seeing. But like you say, it's it should be a massive part of how we get our goals. And at the moment, we just seem so sort of without threat from them and it's really frustrating.
3: It is frustrating. Now you don't expect to win every game four, five, or six nil, Laura. And we spoke before and after the cup final about the games we had been winning one nothing. You know, St Johnston 1-0, Motherwell 1-0. We beat uh, Aberdeen 2 1. Um the Cup final itself 2-1. And I'm not saying we scraped past in these games, Ross County 2-1, but we have a system that you know, this trust the process thing that's becoming last season's Keep the Faith. <laughs> we have a system that, that seems to uh, bear fruit, you know, even if it's a 97th minute winner. But when you're looking at the stats, and if you were to look at the stats for the two Livingston, I'm talking base statistics, you know, shots um, at goal, corner kicks, possession, very, very basic uh, stats against the Livingston twice um, and against Dundee United at home and then tonight's game. They're very similar. So tonight, possession, 31 shots at goal, Laura, 16 corners, and you would expect... See, this is another strange one, and this happened before um, against Livingston. 83% possession, right? Well, we had 12 fouls, and St Mirren only had eight. So while St Mirren were in possession for 17% of the the game, we were fouling them every other minute, which is bizarre. I find that really strange. But that, that... Kind of set starts with that amount of possession, shots and goals, uh, and, tar- and and corners. We really need to be doing better. Now, often it's down to a flashy genius by someone like Jota or Kyogo. But when they're missing, we look pretty ordinary up top, don't we?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it was a concern of mine going into the match tonight that you know you were going to have to rely on uh, Johnston and, and Abada particularly to create chances for you because one of the criticisms of Johnston at the cup final was for every chance that he created was fantastic. He never finished any of them off. And again, tonight, I think that was a major issue. He, he swung his leg at the ball a couple of times. And while I would praise him for taking the shot on and trying to make something of it, it was frustrating not to see him actually put the put the ball in the back of the net and, and, or not even trouble the goalkeeper on many an occasion. Abada, like we said earlier, just seems to get himself in the right positions but not have that killer instinct in front of goal. And you're just... You know, for all the possession that we had and all the pressure that we had and all the all the searching that we were doing, ultimately you got to a point in the match, I would say 60 or 70 minutes, where you were just getting to the point where you were like, all this passing back and forth, as much as I love football to be played that way. I couldn't even say that I would... Uh, that would have changed how we played it. It just never looked like we were going to score, no matter how we created those chances. You know, when I covered the game with you, the cup final on Sunday, I had said how Kyogo was playing through the middle and we were playing balls from from out wide into the box. And that the way we needed to change was to actually play the ball through the middle for Kyogo to run onto. I couldn't even suggest to you sitting here tonight whether going one approach or the other would have worked better because I can't see either having worked to be honest because I didn't think Abada was making the best runs and he's also not physically the best presence to have to to win corn uh, to win crosses and things like that so ultimately I think it comes down to we were weakened as much as people like to say well a weakened Celtic seems stronger than any other team ultimately we were weakened tonight. We weren't playing as against as weak uh, St Mirren opposition as I think many of us expected it to be. And again, although it's frustrating, you've got to credit St Mirren for doing exactly what they were supposed to do. They did defend fantastically at times. They had players throwing themselves in front of every ball. Um, they really camped in their own half. And ultimately, I'm frustrated by it. I'm frustrated by Livingston Park in the bus. I'm frustrated by St Johnston Park in the bus. And I'm frustrated by St Mirren Park parking the bus but at the end of the day we are Celtic teams are going to do this against us and it's our job to, to try and break them down.
3: See this is the, the frustration though Laura you're saying there that once you face this situation 60-70 minutes and I've asked this question before and you're playing a very well drilled, very well organised side. I mean Jimmy Goodwin for the resources that he has has done tremendously well at both Alaba and St Mirren um, and you think it's a matter of time before he might move on possibly even down south but you know a team like Kibbs or something I thought would have been a good option for him but you're going to come up against a res. this is a, a manager who was able to put out a team last season that beat us for the first time in 31 years at Celtic Park and I know we were playing
1: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
3: Pretty poorly at the time, but to come to Celtic Park and do that, um, he is, is someone who knows what your strengths were and has basically combated them. But it's our job it's our job with the quality we still possess to break it down. And the big question is, how do you do that? And I think that it gets to the point where we became quite predictable. At no point can I remember the St minute, and it sounds really basic, but how often were the St Mirren defenders facing their own goalie? Um, you know, we're they're always facing Celtic. They've got their blocks, a four and four. You know, logic gets loads of the ball at the edge of the box, but he's not getting an opportunity to to strike it. He's not able to to play in the the wide men because we're we're playing with two makeshift wide men at this point. Uh, and I think that that is the biggest dilemma we face at the moment. It's not the first time we've seen it this season. We've seen it maybe four or five times. Uh, but but teams are figuring out pretty quickly. How to players, and that's going to be frustrating if we can't change it. Because if we don't, there's going to be more nights like tonight. Um, the Rangers game for me was always a must-win game. Anyway, uh, the fact that it's six points deficit rather than four points isn't ideal. Uh, but you know, I, I'm not I'm not prepared to write off the season. I've seen enough from Ange Coglu's side. Up to this point, I would suggest that he has still been operating with one arm tied behind his back, and in doing so, he still managed to win us the first silverware of the season. We're still in Europe, and listen, we keep saying all season, Laura, as long as we're in touch and distance, of Rangers, you know, for the New Year's game, which is no longer going to be on the second of January, then we're still in a title fight. Do you think six points is still touch and distance?
4: i think it's i think it's got to be like i think if you're giving up a if you're giving up a league with only six points difference you know that's that's a two game swing either way you know if, if all we need is for us to beat them once out of the next couple of times that we have to play them and for them to lose points somewhere else and I think they will do that so I, I don't think six points is insurmountable um considering you know, there have been other seasons where we've been much further behind, and you could understand that I think six points is definitely within touching distance. To go back to what you said about, about St Mirren and that, that game against us at Celtic Park where, where they beat us, I was uh, doing the post match that night. I think I believe it's one of the most viewed videos on the channel that we have. And uh, I have to say, thinking back to that game and watching tonight, you know. OK, we've not won on either occasion, but I think looking at tonight, there is a lot more to be positive about than there was at that point because at that time, I, I think I said the exact this exact phrase because I've watched it back a couple of times, that on that night, Celtic players didn't know what they were going to do. We talked that night and we're talking tonight about Jim Goodwin being well-drilled. Well, now we've got a well-drilled Celtic team. It didn't work tonight. We didn't get through the way we wanted to get through. We didn't break them down the way we wanted to break them down. But we stuck to what we were, or or we at least looked as if we had a plan. And I think sometimes, just sometimes, you have to say, do you know what? We've had a lot of games recently. We've got injuries. Uh, It just didn't work for us tonight. But I wouldn't want to be too negative on the team for for having come out of it without the full win yes it's frustrating yes I wanted three points yes I wanted the gap down to four points but ultimately I think we're in a much better position as a football team and as a club than we were at the same point this time last year
3: I would agree with that I don't think we had a a game plan and uh, on a couple of occasions Callum McGregor the now captain of the club came out and said that he wasn't sure what they were doing Um, so I think that is the biggest difference you look at that tonight yeah we didn't get the the fruits of our labour, but you knew exactly what we were doing. The principles were there. Um, I've seen a lot of comments coming in, both on the stream and also on social media, where they're saying Celtic fans are saying that uh, the league games were more important than the cup final. I don't necessarily listen. I'm not. I want us to win the league. I've said it all season, and you know, maybe about five or six games into it, I wasn't sure if we had what it took to win the league. Sitting here six points behind after what Ange has done, I still believe that we are capable. We're certainly not guaranteed. Nothing ever is. We are capable of winning the title. But I don't think you can say that, you know, rest your players against Hibs so that we go to St Mirren tonight and win a game. I mean, that that's silverware. That does an amazing uh, amount of... Um, you know, positive things for a, a club like Celtic after last season under a new manager with so many new players. So I don't buy the fact that we should have rested, for example, Hugo at the weekend and played him tonight. I mean, for me, that that's a no-brainer.
4: Yeah, no, I, I don't agree with that at all. I, I, fundamentally, I'm, I'm kind of against saying th- this game's more important than that game. Ultimately, you want to win every game that you're playing if you're Celtic. And certainly in the case of a cup final, you can't write that off, regardless of whether you think it's a less prestigious cup than than any of the other ones. The other thing as well is, you know, apart from Kyogo, really, who probably wasn't ready for the cup final, but played and then couldn't play tonight. You know, most of the other players that we saw tonight also played in the cup final and There's nothing to say that them having not played in the cup final and played tonight or vice versa would have changed that result. I don't think that the two go hand in hand. I just think if you start getting into a situation where you're comparing what games are important, what games are not important, you start taking certain things for granted, which is never a good idea because you can think and plan all you want for what results you think are going to go your way and what results aren't. It never really works out that way. So ultimately... I think the 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 attitude should be, and I think it certainly is from Ange, that you play the strongest team available to you at all times. And if the strongest team available to you is available for the Hibs Cup final, if it's available for tonight, if it's available for Boxing Day, it should be out there. And, you know, I yes, I want to win the League of Rangers. I want to win that back. But that Cup final on Sunday meant an awful lot. Because as I said to you, we covered the... Um, the cup final uh, last year that was a hangover from the previous season where we got the the treble uh, with Neil Lennon in charge of the the Scottish Cup and I thought at that time that that was going to be the last trophy that we saw Celtic win for a while. So on Sunday to see us win another trophy and first attempt and first win at a trophy I don't think that can be underestimated and to be honest I don't think the the result going one way or another had a massive effect on tonight's result. You know, it's, it's almost as if Had we lost the cup final on Sunday and then played the same team tonight, does that mean that the cup final didn't affect that team tonight? You know, is it because we won that people are saying, well, you shouldn't have played such a strong team in the cup final? I I just don't follow that argument. And I think ultimately we should just be trying to win every game that we're playing in.
3: There's players that that needed a rest. Postecoglou said it. You know, even Hart. Remember Hart. We thought was he was injured and he was going to have to come off. And we're all gasping at the prospect of Scott being coming in. He's played every game since he came in. He has to get a rest. Kyogo needed a rest, and and they're getting it tonight. We just didn't get the result. I'm going to bring this up from Bishop Briggs. School of Music. I was in Bishop Briggs today on my wonderful magical mystery tour of Scotland dropping off uh, auction items. Johnston had more than enough chances now and Abada is running out of time. Let's talk about the two players, Laura. Uh, Mikey Johnson, 22 years of age, 76 appearances for Celtic, 11 goals and 10 assists. Not a great deal of football when you look at Lila Bada. So Lila Bada is 20 years of age, just turned 20 years of age. He's played 106 first-team games uh, and he has scored 28 goals. This is for Celtic and his previous club in Israel with 18 assists. So he's played a hell of a lot more football when you consider that he's two years younger than than Mikey. I said earlier on in the season, this was a make-or-break season for, for Mikey Johnson. I think based on the first half, he had a fairly good game. I think he faded in the second half. But again... He's a player that's not, for me, he's not 100% match fit yet. He, he, you know, we, we put him on and took him back off another week because the, the sports science said that's what had to happen. He had to come back off because he's still recuperating. He's had two long term injuries already at the age of 22. So I'm trying to give him as much slack as I possibly can, Lord. I'm not, I don't want to write him off, but I do feel that this season is make or break for Mikey. I think Abada, age is a massive part of it because the inconsistencies of a 19 or 20 year old do you imagine I mean Muffet's 19 isn't he and he's come on tonight and made his first start and that shows you where he is compared to Leela Abada we expect a hell of a lot from Abada and we've spoken tonight about him he needs to be more clinical in front of goal but I'm not prepared to write either of these two players off just yet
4: No I, I think I think one way in which we're being a little bit unfair to Mikey Johnson is and, and don't get me wrong uh James Forrest has contributed a lot more over the course of his career and has had a lot longer to contribute to Celtic's success than than Mikey Johnson has. But there's a narrative around um, Forrest that he needs time to come back from his injury as he does. He was severely injured last season, It it was niggling away at him for a long period of time and he needs time to come back. Mikey Johnson had an equally serious injury, injury last season and was out for a similar amount of time. And yet I don't hear people saying he needs time to get back up to match fitness. He needs time to get back to the player that he once was. I think we need to take that into account. And I I do think that he could be doing more. I think he's not up to Celtic standards yet. But I am willing to give him a break. And as for Abada, I think to say that time's running out for him when he's less than six months in the door, had the start that he had... And is proven to be a a competent member of the squad. I mean, I just don't, I don't think that you can say he's time's running out. Look at the look at the number of chances Anthony Ralston had before he made it, made good in a Celtic shirt. Now, I'm not saying I would be happy with uh, waiting three or four years for for Abada to come good. I don't think he's got that amount of time. But you know, players come good in their own time, and I think Abada is still young. He's got a lot of potential. I think he can be coached to be better than he is and I certainly wouldn't be writing him off before, you know, at least giving him a full season to see what he can do.
3: Um, Conor McLeod comes in to suggest that we should sell Johnston. He's done nothing. I don't think we can afford to at the moment. I mean, you look at last season, Laura, and in that area, although not his first uh, choice of position, you could have played Ryan Christie. I mean, Christie for me, is the one player of the three who have sold the big assets, I, or Eduard Christie, that we really are desperate for a player like that in a team. Someone who can play left or right, can even play in the centre. Um, but El Janussi, something we don't speak about all that often. You know, he had two lengthy loan deals. He played two seasons for Celtic on loan. Um, and he was a great option at left on the left-hand side, I mean, I wouldn't pick him before Jota, certainly not. But we probably couldn't afford to bring him back in if he wasn't going to be our first choice. But all of a sudden, Laura, one one injury to Jota, and it's a big downgrade, isn't it, to Johnson? And then if you get an injury on the right-hand side, um, then, you know, you've got Forrest and Abad there, neither of whom, for me, Um, have really hit their stride so far. They've had moments. I mean, Johnson, uh, sorry, Forrest scored a really important goal in the semi-final. They've had their moments, but I don't think any of them have hit their stride. But beyond that, we really don't have anything because we've got a long-term injury in uh, Kyogo, uh, not Kyogo, Dembele, uh, the forgotten man, Karamoko Dembele. So I think that we really are thin, both sides. We don't really have much in the way of options and I don't think we'll be looking to sell Mikey Johnson or anyone who can play in that position at this moment in time. Um, what's your thoughts on the on the uh, the fact that uh, we're now six points behind? Um, you look at the the comments post match, Laura. Uh, understandably, people are frustrated and emotional, and some people are writing off our chances. Um, I just think about the last week that we've had leading up to that cup final. You know, the Ross County game. Ninety seventh minute, we're giving them all the plaudits. This team, you know, they, they've got what it takes. They they never stop to the end. You know that goal was played with a commentary from the the Mike's up top training session. We're all buzzing about it. Then in the cup final, we can't get too disappointed, can we?
4: I don't think we can. I think it's uh, you know, it's our right as football supporters to get emotional and to, to perhaps overreact in some occasions. God knows, I've done it enough times uh, watching Celtic, but you know i think i think what needs to be considered here is a bit of perspective we talked at the start of this month and from the middle of november really we talked about how tough this run in was going to be to the end of the year and if you'd said to me that the only game we'd dropped any points in was going to be the st Mirren one i probably would have bitten your hand off for it to be absolutely honest with you g- given that we've also got a cup uh, a cup and a cup win in there as well against hibs so it's one of these situations where, for me, it hurts tonight because you don't want to lose any game. But in the grand scheme of things, looking back at what we thought could potentially be the month ahead of us, I would say overall it's been a positive. Um, uh, hopefully, a win on Boxing Day is, is on the cards for us before before the shutdown, and then we get a chance to you know regroup, recuperate, and go again in the new year to hopefully you know bring the trophy back to Celtic Park, bring the title back to Celtic Park because. Ultimately, for me, I think that uh, a one, one game of frustration is so much better than where we were this time last year. And I can't, I personally can't go over that. Like Last year for me was, and this might sound a bit hyperbolic to say, it was probably the worst year I've ever had as a Celtic supporter. The way in which the club was collapsing around their ears and, and the, the way in which the team were playing and uh, the conduct of some of the, the representatives of the club. We are so far away from that that a frustrating draw against St Mirren is not enough to bring my spirits down tonight and I think and I hope that the title race is still on um, and it will be certainly if we can get back on winning ways as soon as possible.
3: Well, the way I would look at it as well, in the not-too-distant past, we've had two seasons where Celtic went through the entire league campaign, Laura, without losing a game and Rangers did the same that's not going to happen. We know already it's not going to happen, but it's going to be nowhere near that kind of level of consistency by either Celtic or Rangers for different reasons. I mean, we constantly speak to Jim Moore about the, the big season that he covered massively in, he, in his play, Bend like brought back. Celtic won that league. Uh, and actually, if you look at the points total, it wasn't a massive points total but you know, it was because both teams were were dropping points, and I think we're in that kind of campaign this season. There's a transition happening at Celtic. There's been a change in management at Rangers, and I think for both those reasons, we're probably not well. Celtic. I'm not going to say we're not as strong as we were last season. I, I'm like yourself. I think we're actually on a proper journey, and there is a game plan. So I think we're stronger. Uh, you know, somebody's maybe going to show me the points total and say that we're a couple of points worse off, uh, but I don't think Rangers are as strong as they were last season either. Um, so there are going to be drop points. There's going to be a few fixtures that you wouldn't expect to drop points in. I mean, Rangers played against Dundee United, who were depleted, and won one nothing, and it was a penalty kick. So there's there's going to be games that that doesn't go for them. Uh, and likewise, like Celtic tonight. Yeah, we're bringing up as many comments as we possibly can, but uh, we're being up at two thousand live viewers. So thank you everybody for getting involved. Um, and we're on all the social media uh, channels: Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch. Uh, YouTube and Twitter, continue to subscribe to the content. We're going to keep it going all the way through the Christmas period. Um, JP and I will be back tomorrow for the Axon Bulletin, which will be the last one before Christmas, but we will continually put out some nostalgic pre-recorded material, Laura. Uh, Once again... Brilliant Christmas jersey, Laura. Well done on that. Uh, Bringing back the the power of Batistuta um, at his finest in the 90s. Celtic weren't at their finest tonight. We've dropped another couple of points. We're six points behind Rangers, but I'm not prepared to write us off just yet. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved and thank you to Laura Bradburn for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
0: When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet
2: Sports Social, Sports, Social Sports Social Podcast Network 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 Sports Social Podcast Network
0: Step into the world of power loyalty